Previously on Newsbreak, Lotus FM. In his youth, Julian Lurie was fascinated by everything about cars and motor racing. And this fascination might have actually started in the late 1940s when Julian was in Standard 1. Now, he would often play soccer at Durban's iconic Curry's Fountain during out-of-school hours. And after the game, he and his friends would then take to the banks of Curry's Fountain to get an exciting view of motor racing at the stadium. You know, I've always been keen on motor cars and motoring and motor racing and all that. It's always been important with me. And uh, when I was a little guy, I used to go to Botanic Garden School. And there across the road was Curry's Fountain. And we used to have motor racing at Curry's Fountain. And then as soon as we finished our game, a few of us used to run and sit on the bank so that we could watch the racing for free. When the gatekeepers left, we could go in and watch the rest of it. And then over the years, I made friends with people who were in the motor racing game and in the motor game and it basically all grew from there. As his vehicular interests increased, Julian worked in various spheres of the motoring industry, even going as far as co-owning a car garage at one stage. Over the years, I mean, I worked for uh, motor car dealers. I bought a, a garage in partners with an Italian fellow some while ago, but uh, it didn't work too well. And then uh, I went back to doing the motor trade. Arguably best known for his work on radio, the early 1970s gave Julian a chance to preview upcoming races on various radio platforms. After many years of experience at multiple radio stations, Julian would get a call from the former station manager of Lotus FM, Fakir Hassan. The year was 1992. I was approached by Vimla, who worked for the station manager that was Fakir Hassan, that they wanted to do a program. And first of all, Bill Sharp, who was at RPN Stereo, said that we can't do it because it's opposition. And then it was agreed it wasn't opposition. So I started with Lotus in 1992. And I've remained with them right up until when my contract expired last year. In his career, Julian has been the recipient of countless awards and recognitions. But the one that stands out the most was his 2015 induction into the Radio Hall of Fame, an acknowledgement that came as a huge surprise to him. Well, I must tell you, that was a great surprise to me. I really didn't expect it. And when I came into SABC one morning and they telling me congratulations, I said, what have I done, you know? And they told me, you're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I was really touched. That was really marvellous because that's the highest award that I've had from radio. Oh, much appreciated. These days, Julian enjoys driving around the city in his vintage MG Midget. For all the cars that he has driven in his time as a motoring journalist, he cites the MG and his Morris Minor as gems that have a special place in his heart. I've got two old cars which are, you know, as, as you said, special to me. The one that I came in this morning was a 1964 MG Midget Mark II. I bought that car in 1980 and it's a 1964 model. So it was already, uh, what, 16 years old when I bought it. And it, it actually goes well for its age. It's got disc brakes up front, which very few cars had in those days. I've also got a Morris Minor convertible, and uh, that also gives me a lot of pleasure. You've got to look after them. It does cost money if you have problems. Having lived through some of the biggest advancements in the history of car manufacturing, 
Julian now believes that electric vehicles could be the future. It looks like it is the future, but I've still got a long, long way to go. You see, the, the hybrids that you get uh, were running on petrol. They were also running on battery. Like, for instance, you'd get into a Lexus, for argument's sake, and as you turn the key on, so everything lights up and you pull off and you don't even hear the engine. It's so quiet, you don't hear anything. A lot of the major vehicle manufacturers are coming out with fully electric cars. Uh, I was in Canada a couple of years ago and I saw the Tesla there, and it's an unbelievable car, that Tesla. That one can go basically a full day on on one charge. He also gave his view on artificial intelligence that has been trialled by many companies recently, most notably Tesla. AI allows the car to evaluate the environment around it and, in essence, drive itself. Julian says... He's not convinced. I don't know how we would have confidence to drive in a self-driving car. See sometimes an ad on TV where you see the, what would you call him, the owner of the car sitting at the back like a king while the driver is uh, not there. And you see the steering wheel only. I don't know that I would like to get in a car and be driven like that. But I can't understand how it would work that you would have a driver only. Because when you look at things like trains, where they're on rails and they can't make a mistake or something, they could have a collision, as we've seen. But the fact is that it's also got to have a driver. With retirement literally weeks away, Julian Lurie now spends his time with his loving wife. His three children are all grown and his six grandchildren keep him young. Still a massive fan of motorsports, Julian likes to kick back and keep an eye on the latest in Formula One and MotoGP. When we talk about motor racing and all that sort of thing in Formula One, I would say please don't forget MotoGP because MotoGP is equally as exciting and then sometimes it's even more exciting than Formula One. The racing is always so close, it's very seldom that you get a big gap in that. Also, World Superbikes are doing very well. They've got some tremendous machinery. You know, when you uh, look at the diary and say, I want to see what I want to watch, make sure you've got Formula One and then MotoGP and then World Superbike.